This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. It is a brand new week after exciting weekend for Nebraska sports. A little bit of draft action, a little NFL draft action. Most importantly, Oshawn Mathis. Uh, committing to the Huskers uh, as uh, we welcome you in here. Five o'clock hour here on the block. Strick is uh, not with us. He's actually got a travel day, so he'll be back with his fresh opinions over the weekend uh, for you tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be exciting. But as for today, it's myself and my partner in crime from our show, The Ticket Water Cooler, Nathan Brennan, usually our producer here on the block. Uh, Nate, how's it going today? It's going all right, Bach. I got my creatine in today, missing out on my blueberries, so I'm a little bit more sane, but also a little bit not sane. So. <laughs> kind of all over the place today, but it's, it's been a good day. We, we've had a lot to talk about between Nebraska's allegations becoming now suspensions, O'Shawn Mathis, Baylor Shireman, it sounds like there's he's still in the running for Nebraska, so lots of things happening in, in Nebraska, so giving us things to talk about. We'll see what happens here come June and July, though. We might be talking about our favorite fast food here pretty soon, so <laughs> yeah. who knows what's going to happen, right? The offseason fast approaches, and uh, it does get a little bit difficult uh, to to talk all sports, but I think with the, and, and that's why I'm a little bit disappointed by the cutoff for the transfer portal. I, I wanted this to be a year-round thing. Yeah. I want more transfers, more more chaos I know and more craziness Ugh. and more players getting paid oh, and more adults making money off the kids. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get me going there? All right, that last one, yeah, maybe, that, not, maybe, yeah, not, maybe not that so much. Because no, uh, nice. that's ultimately what gets you mad about the transfer portal. It is. Right? No, it's people manip- manipulating this. And I, think that's, and I think it's manipulating kids, and that's where I kind of draw the line. Again, I am all for the guys getting paid. I, I think this is a long time coming. I think that... Having the opportunity to do radio shows, sign jerseys, all that, tweet about businesses, commercials, all that, whatever it may be, I'm all for it. I get that. I think that's good for the game. I, I draw a line. I draw a line. And you seem to not draw a line, Buck. So that's, uh, well, I just understand that uh, adults making money uh, off of business deals has uh, has been uh, you know it's happened for every business deal historically. It has, so. but I think they're gonna. It's gonna be at the expense of kids that are kind of left in the left in the dark here in some situations. So that that's where my frustration is. Uh yeah, I mean I I I I think no matter what um in the previous system, kids have been manipulated before by adults Absolutely. and in the current system it is the case too. And I'm also um you know anybody that's uh, kind of enjoying this um which I would include myself in um <laughs> just because of the entertainment factor um also, I think understands that ne- there does need to be some guardrails. Like this is not a perfect system. Um, obviously, the uh, the, the uh, concerns that you come up with are valid, um, and uh, you know at, at some point it needs to be um, 
you know, there there needs somebody needs to stand up and, and make some rules about what's going to go on here. Otherwise, it will be a complete bidding system. I suppose um, I don't have too much of a problem with that, but there there just it is to be some outlines for when that bidding happens. You know, uh, what, what's think, the punishment? I if think it we can agree the situation. Also, Mark says not kids, not kids, not kids. They are kids, Mark. I don't know. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Um, I can go to fight wars, but sure. Yeah. I can't drink alcohol, so <laughs> can't smoke cigarettes in Nebraska. It's ridiculous. Um, but well, we have to agree the Jordan Addison situation is not okay. I, I don't care which way you look at it. That type of situation specifically, whether you're pro NIL or against NIL, that is not okay. And I think if that's the way that the uh, college football is headed, they're in for a problem. Like I, I think that's a serious issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 just the tampering part, right, is that he wasn't really in the transfer portal um, for Jordan Addison. The, the Blitnikoff Award went over that pit. It happened over the weekend is that it seemed as though uh, USC and maybe some other teams were yeah. going after, present, you know, putting together packages for Jordan Addison, who's not in the transfer portal. Yeah, which is wrong. Right. Which is wrong. You, you can't allow that. Because if that happens, then you can do that for anybody, right? And uh, yeah, just then you really get you do get the wild, wild west uh, popping out. But I'm really excited because I get pretty excited about um, the powers coming. Be the powers, <sighs> the the fan bases and the donor bases that care starting to have more power in uh, making their teams good. And again, part of the reason I like that is because I'm a Nebraska fan. And I think yeah. I think this is advantageous toward Nebraska. So Time I hope they, hope they take advantage of it while they can and maybe have done so. We don't know. As we've heard, all, uh, as much as we've heard from Oshan Mathis, um, no interest in, in really talking too much about the NIL stuff. Um, you know, so you don't know if that factored in too much. I'm sure there was a package put together for him. Um, you know, you, I think you'd be naive to think that that's not right. happening for any big name that's, right. that's you know, uh, landing somewhere in the transfer portal, um, but uh, it, that that was the huge news over the weekend for Nebraska fans that their defensive line finally has, um, I, you know, it, it helps in, in several areas. is, is a known commodity, um, uh, you know, a little bit of depth, um, and most importantly, a pass rusher. Which so we can talk about um, how much it helps, you know, just to kind of the makeup of the entire defense. But I think the hope more than anything is that this guy who's had a season at TCU where he had nine sacks um, can bring that over to Nebraska and you can finally have a pass rusher, something that Nebraska probably has not had at his proven skill level, his nine sacks that he had over there in the Big 12 right. um, since Randy Gregory and Avery Moss were on campus. So that's that's quite a bit of time ago and you know, year in and year out, most teams go into their season without a an edge specialist and, and we've seen in the draft how important that is, you know, how big of a deal it is um, for them, uh, you know, and, and that, that one of the positions that's just been gaining steam over the last several years and, and how much of a difference it's making, um, and certainly at the college level, it can too. I was interested because we interviewed him again here on early break, and uh, he did mention, like, you know, I think you could shy away from the Big Ten offensive lines, right, if you were looking into it, like, ah, man, I don't know if my numbers are going to be as high, but he wants to be able to prove it against the yeah. best offensive lines, and those are found in the Big Ten. Um, so um, that's going to be exciting to see how he embraces the the competition. He wants to beat the sack record at Nebraska, um, and he wants to be, you know, show that he's more than a one-trick pony as well. So a um, lot of – lot of, a lot of stuff going in there for what it's worth, too. Thought about entering the NFL draft. The only reason he's back is because he uh, was somebody that did get good information from adults, uh, got good information Which from is good to hear. some NFL advisory guys saying, you know what, you could use one more year. And he thought, what better place to, to use one more year than at Nebraska to prove I can get it done? 
I think something else, too, that we haven't really talked about, and I know that's probably because people have their own opinions about Frost and the way that he's handled recruits, rosters, development, all that, whatever you may decipher. I think it shows that as much as we hate on Scott Frost, as much as the fan base says that he's lost the team, isn't the coach that he was at UCF, whether you like it or not, Scott Frost had something to do with this, right? And I don't know mm-hmm. who who the lead recruiter was. I don't know who was the final piece of the puzzle that brought, uh, brought O'Shawn Mathis to Nebraska, but you have these top-tier transfers choosing Nebraska, whether Scott Frost is the coach or not. And I know that was a big concern, too, is who wants to come play for this team? Oh, they lose. Oh, Scott Frost is the coach. Well, Scott Frost is the reason that one of the best transfers in the portal just came to Nebraska. So it, it, it was not all Scott Frost doing by any stretch of the imagination, but he's the head coach. He deserves some type of credit for getting O'Shawn Mathis. Well, yeah, I, I think he should, and I think he will. Um, I think that that's one thing that I've, I've said all along. I mean, I've got plenty of complaints about how Scott Frost has, uh, has run his program here, but the one oh, thing absolutely. that I'll always give him credit for is that he fills the holes in the offseason. I mean, he really has done a legitimate job whenever it's there. You know, some coaches try to, well, we got young depth, you know, young depth that'll come up, it'll it'll work itself out. He's been very active in getting guys to transfer in and to compete for spots that look weak and you know, are perceived as weak and are. I mean, when he when he fills a spot, that's what he's doing. It's trying to bolster it up. So, I think he's always done it. Now, has it always worked out? No, we've seen. It doesn't always work out at each position and probably won't work out to the degree we want it to um, right. at every position this right. year as well. Um, there's going to be some some spots that you're going to look back and say, man, they, 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 that's the miss. They didn't get that guy at the portal that they needed to, but they always address the, the holes in the roster, uh, and so that at least should be uh, a lot of credit for him. Uh, again, I think that the biggest winner out of all of this is Ty Robinson, because I think Ty Robinson, um, looking to me at the end of last year, he's he's primed for a breakout season, yeah. um, but he's not going to have it if he's the lone name on the line that you have to worry about. I mean, then you uh, you know, you kind of, you know, edge for him, double team him, whatever, uh, game plan to make him not be the difference up front, um, and then like, like you know, we already heard from him, he, he, had, he just took too many reps in, in the spring 35 year old man like a 35 year old afterward um so if you can keep him healthy keep him ready uh, you know he's on that that pace for the breakout with O'Shawn Mathis there um I think Caleb Tanner and uh uh, um and you know the the outside line but you mean to throw Jamari Butler in there uh certainly Garrett Nelson who had a good spring game as far uh, and has been coming along um I, I think that they're in a pretty good pass rush situation all the uh, just throwing O'Shawn Mathis in there it's like the it's like the group of guys that uh, could, you know, it, 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 probably by themselves, it's a mediocre package, but you throw in a headliner in there, then it's like, okay, now yeah. they can each kind of play off of each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple texts here that I want to get to, Bach. Uh, Eric says, I bet Mathis didn't go to Texas because they didn't get a single player drafted. That very well could have gone probably into it. Probably didn't help. TCU I, also didn't get anybody no, drafted. No, it certainly didn't help. Worth, so maybe that's why he's off running away from the Big 12. And then it certainly doesn't help. I don't I don't know how much of that was actually a factor. And then Ryan says, how soon until we have an NIL salary cap? I think part of the issue with that is that it's so hard to track, right? The NCAA has to step in and do some type of process for you to to track where the money is, track where the money's going, who it's... It, it, it's just there's so much gray area right now. Who is giving this money? How are you getting the slush fund? Is it actually businesses? Is it coming from boosters, the university? I mean, we say it's not coming from the university, but someone that's directly affiliated with the university that's a booster, okay, yeah, it's not tuition 
students' tuition money that's going into the fund, but one of the boosters that's paying for damn near everything on campus, they're the one that's giving the kid the money. Eh, you tell me who's really giving it to him. It, it's not a business. That's not a transaction or anything like that. It's it's a booster giving money towards a fund that's going to a player. That's yeah. pay for play. So I and I don't know. And and how do you track that? I think that's part of the issue with NIL is that there's no restrictions now. I mean, there's nothing. We don't know. Well, I don't think you can put a salary cap on it. Um, just because that would be. Like at what point you just like take off the, you know, the open doors (laughs) type of opportunities or, you know, you want to parole kids around again from um, not taking, uh, you know, gift cards or appearance fees or any of that stuff. Um, You know, especially I mean, that that could that could go against what you're trying to do altogether, right? Especially if you do if you do an NIL seller cap and then the quarterback and the defensive end and uh, I don't know, throw out a, a star wide receiver, get all the salary, you know, of your salary cap. That doesn't help. The the NIL was there for everybody else, you know, on down the line, other sports, all that stuff that can still be marketable. And maybe they're not coming away with uh, $2.5 million like Jordan Addison is rumored to be in the neighborhood of. But, you know, th- what that's what's really helping is these other, you know, kids around campus um, in other sports or, or lower members of the team still getting 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is that you want to pay them to tell them, them happy birthday or whatever. Right. Well, here, D- Texter says... Uh, the NIL money is the advantage for Nebraska, and now you want to say that Scott Frost brought this guy here. He's here for the money. He knows that both him and the head coach have one year left. I I don't necessarily agree with that because if you're a guy like O'Shawn Mathis, look, this is a temporary solution. You are getting NIL money. NIL money is not professional football money. Look, if you're a first, second, third round draft pick, that's going to be more than any NIL package that any school can offer you. Scott Frost is going to have to put you in a position to not only be successful as a team, but also successful on the field where you're going to get noticed by NFL talent and NFL scouts. So that that's my pushback against that is that if your biggest concern was money, then it wouldn't have mattered what school it was, what position you were put in, but you're legitimately NFL talent. We have no reason to believe that O'Shawn Mathis won't be drafted in this upcoming NFL draft next year. And Scott Frost is going to put you in – in his eye, in his mind, he's going to put you in a position to win. And he's going to put you in a position to be noticed. Well, and I, I think that uh, I think the texter does have a point um, that there's maybe one year left for Frost, maybe one year left for him. For what it's worth, it's one year for Oshawn Mathis, no doubt. Well, he's got two years of eligibility, but he's thinking one year. He Absolutely. just went to the NFL. Absolutely, to, right. and they told him one more year. Right. So that's what he's looking right. for. Um, as far as as Frost, again, I don't know if you single handedly want to you know have him be the guy that gets the um, the biggest rub off of this, uh, or was the reason that O'Shawn no, Mathis no. Uh, committed? He was a reason. He, he was, has to be. He was part of the reason. Um, but it might might even be you know more the defensive coaches. Uh, as far as Mathis says, you know yeah. he's done a couple interviews again with early break uh, this morning. Um, he he's been impressed. His mother at least was very impressed that they threw the kitchen sink at him. They brought basically all the coaches in. So they, they let him know how important he was. Um, he likes the, the fact that there's some NFL experience on this staff, um, you know, from, you know, you know, his own position coach uh, on the defensive line to, you know, the linebacker Barrett Rood spent quite some time in the league. We know Scott Frost did as well. Um, you, you know, it's just kind of spread throughout there. Shenander has. So uh, it's, it's, it, it's, 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 it's just a combination of a lot of things, and we know a lot of those things that played into it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you want to say – if you want to give Frost a whole lot of uh, 
you know, the, the biggest, uh, you know, no, reason no, for, no, no. for getting this guy. But I'll, I'll say this again and again, the fact that he's able to put this whole thing together. Um, I was not necessarily a proponent of bringing Scott Frost back when they were three and seven. I thought let the season play out. So I didn't really get an end uh, result that I really wanted to before making the decision. They made the decision. They moved on. I would have waited till the end of the year at three and nine after the Iowa game. To be honest with you, after watching that meltdown, I don't know if I would retain Frost. All that being set up to say that the that they needed to set it up in a way that was going to be interesting. Uh, and advantageous to a degree, or at least leave a little bit of hope out that this was going to happen. I think they've done an excellent job of doing that. Um, the the writing was on the wall for a long time, you know, the, to start this whole thing, that there's a great potential that this could be a one-year type of trial run. Yet they went out and got Mark Whipple, um, they, you know, and they went out and, and uh, you know, put together, got Casey Thompson. Right. You know, they, they've just done enough to put it together. Now O'Shawn Mathis, uh, you know, obviously to include Mickey Joseph and the other, you know, Trey Palmer, all the other transfers, you know, throw that all together. That's what I give at least Frost credit for is that, he it, pieced it together. It's pretty obvious what the situation is and how much that could hurt you as far as negative recruiting from others, and he's been able to throw it together. Now, as he lost a few battles along the way, as we found out in this NFL draft scenario, probably. But um, I, I think that it's, it's been a, a good enough job, again, to put a package together that keeps me interested enough to, to be honest, um, to kind of take that hit in case it doesn't work Right for this is all about lowering that buyout, which happened, and it's mm-hmm. happened on the basketball side too. It's not a great place to be, and for Nebraska athletics, but you have to kind of put together a package that says, "Hey, not only are we lowering the buyout, but we believe that th- that this is worth another season, and that this could long term be beneficial." And I believe that they've done that. So, well, um, I think at least that they deserve a lot of credit for because it's difficult to do. Absolutely, and I think. Again, I, I think that's a lot of credit to Scott Frost, but I think it's also credit to others obviously involved. I think the biggest thing about it, too, is you, you leave no room for excuses, right? There was always an excuse last year. Okay, it was the special teams. Okay, it was Adrian. They, they said these are things that need to happen to be successful next season. Well, guess what? All of the pieces have come together. Maybe you need another offensive lineman, defensive lineman in the transfer portal. We'll see how that plays out. But at the end of the day, if this doesn't work out again for Scott Frost, sorry. I mean, there's nothing else that you can point to and say, oh, he needed this. Oh, he needed this to happen. Oh, this didn't go his way. You've got it all. I mean, that's just the situation that he's in. And it's yeah. it's a tough spot to put yourself in because now it's, it's all on the table. It's you show up or you don't. Le- legitimately, to all the points that you made, Bach, everything has been put into place. Literally everything. You have your Power 5 quarterback. You have Mark Whipple. You have Mickey Joseph. You have transfers in Oshawn Mathis, Trey Palmer, Tommy Hill. You have these elite transfers. Show up. Let's see it. Yeah, the the excuses are going to run dry now, and unfortunately, um, you know that, that for some people, it kind of felt like that was the end of, toward the end last year. For a lot of people, still supported um, Scott Frost in this movement forward. I think it'll be an exciting season once we get there. Even more exciting, obviously, with the addition of Oshawn Mathis, and and certainly they're going to need to do some more work on the defensive line just to get bodies in here. If you can get one or two more guys that have played yeah. Power Five football, yeah. you can kind of slide into the in front of some of those guys that haven't that we're a little bit worried about. Defense 
developing because of their age, because of the uh, because of the just the girth and the strength uh, and the experience you need at the Big Ten level to not be run over by Game Seven in the Big Ten. Um, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting, but that that's the that's kind of the goal that's laid out in front of Nebraska as we speak. But Oshawn Mathis is going yeah. to be um, the, the 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 most exciting cherry on top of all of that. But the the one pushback that I do have against you, Bach, is that you've said a lot of times that you're worried if Nebraska has a good season, successful season, that's more of an indication of what all happened on the outside getting Mark Whipple transfers yeah. all that it's not, it's not an indication that Scott Frost is still the guy well the only counter argument I have to that is that Scott Frost still had a role in that I mean Scott Frost had a role in getting these assistants Scott Frost had a role in the transfer portal Scott Frost had a role in lowering the buyout I, I mean he, at the end of the day he could have said no I'm not lowering my buyout fire me he decided, okay, let's lower the buyout. Let's see, let's make something happen. Let's get these assistants, let's get these transfers. So I think that's still an indication that Scott Frost is doing everything he needs to do to be successful. Will the assistants help? Obviously, but you're if, if you're Mark Whipple, you have a great thing going at Pittsburgh. You have to have some type of faith in Scott Frost to come here, right? You you have to. Unless you think you're the next guy, but Mark Whipple is how old has never had a head no, coaching I job. I, I mean, that's, that's not his goal here. I think it's he has faith in the in Nebraska, and he has faith in Scott Frost. Or else he wouldn't have come here. Well, yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost he has faith in himself because he's getting the offense uh, thrown over to him. He's also got uh, they don't call it in the coaching community an NIL package because it's not NIL; it's just a straight package yeah. from the university. You're right. Um, that's probably better than anything Pittsburgh's given him. So, um, you know, I, I think that those played into it too. But yes, I mean, there has to be a level of faith that this is going to work out. I don't think he just there thought, has to be. you know, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just, the problem I have is that Frost has dug himself just too far into a hole um, for a quick fix to even make me believe that, you know, it, it's all him again. You have, um, I mean, they could, they could go nine and three this year. And I still would be worried about going five and seven the next year. I mean, you could if you so, if that happens, you, you still fire Frost. That's the hole he's in, is what I'm saying. Is that they, you know, they they start to need to turn it towards sustained success, and we haven't even got to success right before you get to sustained success. So that's the, that's the hole he's in, and he's not going to get the the most credit for me, um, you know, uh, for for quite a bit of time, just because I've seen it play out with him so far, but he is a, he was a, you know, a younger coach as far as experience, as far as a head coach, you knew that coming in. So maybe you were going to have to grow with the growing pains that he was going to have in this business. It's a, it's been tougher than we expected. It's uh the growing pains might last longer now as I'm projecting, right. As, as far as winning my trust back, it's not that I just, I think this, I've said it before, it's, you know, if, if if I were being, I could be intellectually dishonest with you and just say, to, but when I, I, I had a feeling at some point during the Frost era, it was before last season, midway through the season before that, where I said, you know what, I don't think this is going to work. I hope it will, but I don't think Everyone it's going to work. Everyone hopes it will. He hasn't, yeah. It hasn't quite gotten back to the, thing, the, the place that I think that it's going to work. But again, I do think that it is worth this extra year, this experiment to lower the buyout and to bring in some impressive names um, to see if this can this can kind of be the package that's put together. But they literally took less away from his plate to make it more of a possibility to to to, to go out there. So to say that he has more credit for doing it when they're taking less off of it, you know, but away still, from him, he had he still had to have some type of role in those guys coming here. Is my point. 
is if you didn't believe in the vision, if you didn't believe in Scott Frost, you wouldn't have become a part of the program. That's from the player's side and that's from the coach's side. If you didn't have some type of faith of him running the operation, you wouldn't have made the jump to begin with. And I, I do believe that. And I don't think that if you're O'Shawn Mathis and you have no faith in the head coach of the football team, you're coming to Nebraska. Right. No matter which way you slice it, he is the head coach in Nebraska. And, and he has some type of weight in a player coming. But let me ask you this. As a fan, and just speaking, I guess I'll let you be the voice of the fan for right now, the voice of the fan base. They always say you'll never forget. And I don't think people will ever forget this time in Nebraska's period where you miss, what, four straight years missing a bowl game? I mean, that's that, that's unheard of. That should never happen at, at Nebraska. You won't forget that, but what will it take to forgive? Because you say one nine and three season isn't going to do that. I think that for a lot of the fan base, you go nine and three, a lot is forgiven. You go to the Big Ten championship. Casey Thompson has a great year. <laughs> nine and Mathis three might not get you to the Big year. Ten championship. Mark yeah. Whipple, but nine and three is a scenario. solid season. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. throwing out the scenario. Mark Whipple has has a solid season running the offense. Everything kind of comes together. I think that would have a lot of the fan base forgive. But it sounds like for you, it would take more than just one nine and three season. Well, just because I, I because I've seen it, uh, and in the past, you've seen it yourself. Justin Fuente has a ten win season. Did that mean that he was the next big thing at Virginia Tech? No, I mean it, it takes more than one season. And again, it it's almost like the way, the reason I say that is kind of going back to last year. Last year was Nebraska's nine win roster. When you you know when the senior class just kind of right. accumulates, they had some extra guys stick around You're an right. extra year. Um, and now you see the draft picks and the guys that are going to get shots at the NFL. And even if they weren't picked, you know, all Big Ten players, all Americans. I mean, that's a big deal. And you go three and nine. So, you know, I don't want to be the school that puts together every three years, every four years. Northwestern. Has, has the senior roster that can compete that year. And then the rest of the time is down. That's, again, it, that's not the long-term goal of Nebraska football. And it's sad um, and it's not all Frost's fault. Obviously, Riley played a big, big part in this. Um, but you know, it's sad that that's where the expectations have kind of fallen off to. Um, be, but that's going to happen when you sit around in less than mediocrity. We always say mediocrity. Mediocrity is six and six. Mediocrity is seven and five once in a while. Maybe five and seven. They haven't passed. They haven't gotten to five hundred. That's worse. That's bad. That's not mediocrity. And when that when that happens, you know, your expectations uh, go down significantly. And I, I. I if you if I'm the voice of the fan base if you're gonna let me be that for a minute <laughs> let me be the voice of the fan base maybe it's not the overwhelming majority of it but at least part of it that says I want this this big time football school to be treated like it once again once we get to eight eight or nine wins I don't want that to be all of a sudden oh fresh you know relief I I believe that Fra that Solage after nine wins and and Pelini after nine wins should have been let go because I think think that they hit um their their peak and the, and the programs were heading in the wrong yeah. directions. It's not the problem of letting those guys go. It's the the guys you replaced them with which haven't worked out. And so far Frost fits in that category. But we're hoping that he can get a turnaround here in the upcoming season. Also, we have a question about uh, Alabama's slump. Uh, so Mike Shula took over in 2003, four wins, six wins, ten wins, six wins again, canned. Nick Saban, seven wins, hasn't won less than ten since. Yeah, so, that, that Saban guy, that, that hire worked out a little bit. Yeah, I would say. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what you would compare it to, but 
I don't think Saban and Scott Frost are on the same playing field quite yet. Who knows? Well, you have to remember when Scott Frost was hired here, that was the expectation was, well, he's got to be the next Tom Osborne. Tom Osborne's like a top five coach of all time. Maybe maybe hope he's right. Kirby Smart or something, which is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, guess what? Mac, a title. Just yeah, Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Yeah, but to, just to say, well, I hope he's the next one of the greatest five coaches of all time. That's a big hope. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. I was just talking about ex- expecting the most for Nebraska football. Now I'm on the other side of it. I'll figure out my thoughts. We'll be back here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs>